Podcast world. Welcome to the second episode of the Nemo 50 podcast. So I'm super excited for this weekend. We have some major, major fight announcements. So it's not really an announcement, it's more or less we have a big ass card coming up. It's tomorrow, actually. Uh, it's gonna be the first time ever the UFC has been on a network television channel. So we have ABC for free. So any of you all out there that want to get into MMA, here's the perfect time to get into it you can just put it on abc and you can watch it and guess what it starts at 11 a.m that's when the prelims start um but see here's the thing though i wanted to just get into mainly the main card here because that's what everyone's really excited about so we have uh we have the first fight of the main cards we soriano versus uh todorific i can't really even get his name right but both these guys are undefeated it's it's sick we have an opening of a main card with two fighters that are undefeated and then we have, of course, the uh, KO of the year from Joaquin Buckley, along with Alessio Di Chirico. That fight is interesting. We are definitely going to get into that. And then we also have, which is my fight of the night pick, is my prediction. I think these guys will be fight of the night. Santiago versus G. Ying, I guess. I can't even say his name. Well, let's go with Lee. First name's Lee, and his opponent, his last name is Santiago. And then comes my favorite fight of the night which is going to be carlos fucking condit against matt fucking brown two of these guys are legends absolute legends i watched matt brown on the ultimate fighter i mean this dude would have a dip in his mouth and literally is the realest motherfucker you could ever imagine being on a reality tv show let alone it being a reality fighting tv show and then, of course, we have our main event, which is the uh, the former featherweight champ Max Holloway against Calvin Qatar or Cater. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Qatar for now. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's all good. But now let's let's get into this. Let's get into this. Soriano versus uh, Tudorovic. All right. So both of these guys, like I said, they're undefeated. Uh, I'm gonna focus on Soriano first because his name's a little bit easier for me to pronounce. But this dude is a Hawaiian that has been murking fools. On the regional circuit. Dude has heavy hands and he has a submission threat. He only has one decision victory against Jamie Pickett in the uh, Dana White Contender Series. And what I mean by uh, the regional circuit, it's just other promotions other than the UFC. Uh, eventually, I'm going to start getting into those later on when I get some more time. I mean, work's been killing me when I'm trying to get some of this content out. But let, let's let's keep this going. So uh, the thing about, let's go to uh, Desco. He's a Serbian fighter, and this dude has really good clinch work. Yeah, I, if he ties up Soriano, there's going to be some problems there. And he's very accurate, and he's, and he's very volume-heavy with his punches. And, it's, and he sits in the pocket, and he's, he's not afraid to strike with you. And, you know, as dangerous as he is on the feet, he even has a takedown game. He's a very well-rounded fighter. I mean, this dude is 10-0. and 0. Uh, Let's see. He had a very exciting finish against Michael Piera, which is another in another promotion. Like I said, this is the re, talking of regional circuit stuff too. 
Uh, Michael Pierre is also a crazy dude. He, you know, I see this dude doing backflips in the in the uh, in the cage. Uh, is he a super exciting fighter? Uh, check out Michael Pierre. You know, when you get it, when you whenever you get a chance. But back on Dusko, this dude has a uh, just a high level striking, and and whenever he's he's on in on the inside, dude's dangerous. And this is going to be his second fight in the UFC against Soriano. Uh, these two are very talented. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, that's how you should start out a, a, a main card on on a uh, network televised, uh, you know, major network like ABC. Uh, and I think, think this is a really good move by the UFC. You put two guys like that that, I mean, it, to the casual fan, you may never have heard of these guys. And then on top of that, they're both undefeated. That's a... Uh, that's a good move from the UFC starting out a, a card that's kind of iconic as being the first one on network television. I'm probably going to say that a bunch. And if I do, take a drink because I'm probably going to keep saying it. So, all right. So now I'm, I'm going to move on to uh, Buckley and Chirico. This is going to be a really, really interesting fight because this Buckley, of course, we know he's, he's heavy-handed. You know, he, he had that fight against Jordan Wright uh, recently which he uh, put him against, put him up against the cage and KO'd him. I mean, the dude has powerful hands, and he just always he always wants to knock you out. He's looking for the knockout. He reminds me of of like you know a baseball player that knows he can hit a home run and he just swings like he's going to hit a home run every single time. Which you know that could be that could be an issue because you know we had uh, he fought Kevin Holland um, earlier last year. And that dude was arguably the fighter of the year in 2020. I think he fought four or five times. Uh, he was dropped twice by Buckley because he sits in the pocket and just wants to throw hands. And I think that's kind of, that could that could pose an issue for for Buckley in this fight. I mean, he's able to throw, but the dude gets hit. Um, and then let's move on to uh, Chirico. So this dude, he is dangerous in the clinch dangerous and he's uh so another thing is if he takes you down you're gonna get hit he has super aggressive heavy heavy ground and pound and then he threatens submissions with that very 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 good at this um i i should have pulled up his record because i was i was watching some of his his earlier fights man when he takes you down you are not just getting hit you're getting battered and and with heavy shots heavy heavy shots uh, I I made a note here. I think he is a bad matchup for Buckley. I really do, mainly because of his pressure and takedowns. Because because Joaquin Buckley he wants to pressure you and knock you out. I don't think Chirico is gonna gonna let that happen. I think uh, he's gonna be steadily marching forward and looking for that takedown. And when he takes you down, you're gonna get hit. Uh, something that I, I noticed that was uh, when I was reviewing their their records that they had they've both been defeated by uh, Kevin Holland. So, with with that being said, it's just they fought basically the same fighter, and they the guy that uh, was arguably the fighter of the year beat them both. But this is still going to be a really entertaining fight, uh, nonetheless. It's going to basically be your uh, your power puncher versus your uh, your your strong ground and pound kind of guy who has. Amazing clinch work. So I want to move on to the next fight, which is going to be Santiago versus Lee. This is my 
fight of the night potential pick. These dudes are both, they just sit in the pocket and they just sling lead. So Santiago, he's, he's exciting. Uh, he bites down and throws heavy punches and he just really looks to hurt you. That's what he does. Santiago is, he's, he is the epitome of a fighter. So he just really enjoys staying in range and throwing. I mean, he's fought really good fighters. He's fought Gunnar Nelson. He's fought Mike Perry and Neil Mag- Magny. Uh, he, and the thing is, I think he had a really late uh, KO victory. I don't remember who it was against. I think it may have been against Neil Magny. And he just literally shut him off. And and he was, and not only does he just throw heavy punches, he's also smart with his leg kicks. Uh, which, it, it's almost like an underrated, uh, I guess, strike that I've seen lately that's not really thrown with too much intention. I mean, of course, we have Justin Gaethje, who he's notorious with calf kick. And I mean, and still, and also with the fight with uh, Chito Vera and uh, Sean O'Malley, of course, that calf kick did damage. But other than that, I really don't see it being utilized as much. I mean, we can go all the way back into, it was it 2008 when uh, one of my favorite fights happened. I'm, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I'm, I'm just going to go there. When Forrest Griffin fought uh, Rampage Jackson, that was a just clinic about the leg kick but all right now let's let's reel it in and bring it back so santiago used that that leg kick against neil magny and it was literally dropping him to the ground and then he knocked him out i mean you know because of that that leg kick threat but really i think the inside leg kick is a little less utilized now i don't, I don't know why i mean you know you see it here and there but in but using that fashion it's definitely some high level stuff uh, and another thing about Santiago, this dude is super gritty. He's tough. Dude's tough. I've been, you know, you, you watch his highlights. He's bloody. Dude bleeds. He's here to fight. And then we'll we'll move. Let's let's move to Lee. Let's give let's give Lee some some love here. So this dude also likes to strike, and he is fast and accurate, and he throws with absolute power. I mean, both these guys are probably going to stand in front of each other and wait till the other guy falls. I don't see either of them wanting to find a takedown. I see these guys literally sitting in the pocket and just absolutely throwing hands. And I guarantee you the way that Lee fights, so he has really great submission skills, but the one thing I do like about his style is when he notices a fighter is hurt, he has this killer instinct. He literally knows... When did this jump in and go for the kill? And that's and that's another thing that uh, that some fighters lack. Sometimes they you know they they hesitate to go in there and 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 finish finish it off, you know, because maybe they maybe it's round one, minute three. They don't want to blow their gas tank and you know and punch themselves out. But this dude, he really finds a way to win, win fights by when he hurts somebody, he jumps in and he knows when to go for the kill. And this is literally, I think this is my my potential fight of the night pick. I think these guys are going to be exciting. I think this is going to be an amazing, amazing, just all out, 100 miles an hour strike fest. And I am excited for this fight. Super excited for this fight. And then now we can go into my favorite matchup of the night, which is Carlos Condit versus Matt fucking Brown. 
These guys, like I said earlier, these guys are legends. I've watched these guys fight for the longest time. Carlos Condit was a WEC champion prior to the UFC, I believe. Um, Matt Brown, he was on The Ultimate Fighter. I mean, Matt Brown's story is amazing. You know, he talks about, you know, he was a drug addict and and he basically pulled him up by pulled himself up by his bootstraps, found MMA and saved his life. Um and Carlos Condit, man, both these guys actually have been in some wars. I mean, one of the most amazing fights I've ever seen, which I actually believe Carlos Condit kind of inched out a little bit, was the uh, the title, the welterweight title fight between him and Robbie Lawler. I mean, shit, Robbie Lawler's been through some wars. Remember the Rory McDonald fight? Holy shit! I need to like go back and review just some of those. I what I find is are, are what I deem as iconic fights. But anyways, yeah, that fight was all out five rounds, hundred miles an hour, didn't stop. Those guys beat the absolute living shit out of each other. And I loved every second of it. And then we got Matt Brown. He had that war with Donald Cerrone. He ended up getting uh, knocked out. But the thing is about Matt Brown is the dude is, I think he is probably the toughest fighter and can absorb the most amount of damage and mentally be able to continue fighting out of anybody else on the roster. I mean, that dude has absorbed liver kicks and continued moving forward and fighting. He has winced in pain and stayed in the pocket and fought. And the dude's the tough, he's the toughest guy I've probably ever seen in the sport. Uh, I mean, dude, I've, I've hit people with liver kicks and they fold, they fold. It doesn't, your body can't take a liver kick, but for some damn reason, Matt Brown, his body can. So, when uh, when I was looking at this fight, I mean, it's an amazing matchup. These guys aren't going to try to take each other down. They're going to literally see who is the, the tougher guy. They're going to they're going to sit them sit in the pocket and they're going to punch each other in the face until one of them drops. Uh, I know both these guys have uh, contemplated retirement. I mean, hell, these guys have been fighting forever. I mean, Carlos Condit fought Nick Diaz. He fought GSP when he was champ. I mean, he knocked out uh, Dan Hardy, who's a, a UFC commentator now. Uh, and these guys have been been in the sport forever. You know, uh, looking at looking at their uh, their records. So Carlos Condit's last fight, he won against Court McGee by unanimous decision. Uh, before that, he lost to Michael Chiesa, Alex Oliveira, Neil Magny. Damian Maya and Robbie Lawler. Those were all four losses, even though I believe the Robbie Lawler won. I think he kind of itched that one, inched that one out. But uh, and then there's one thing here that I should note is those losses, other than the Robbie Lawler loss, was all by submission. There's been a little bit of a, I guess, uh, crack in the armor of Carlos Condit with his uh, his ground game. Because we don't we don't know him for his you know amazing submission skills. We know him for those drag out KOs and just just five round beatdowns. Um, I mean that's that's what we know uh, Carlos Condit from. And I, I mean really this fight stylistically matches up well for him because I don't see Matt Brown trying to take him down. I see Matt Brown and him going all out throwing some elbows. Because that's another thing that I needed to bring up is is Matt Brown has some of the most dangerous elbows in the sport. Uh, he he knocked out uh, Diego Sanchez with that elbow, and that was when Diego Sanchez was still, you know, how long ago was that? It was in 2017. I think Diego Sanchez's uh, chin was still pretty pretty good then. 
I mean, it was what? So three, four years ago? I mean, Diego Sanchez is another legend. We know he's knocking on the uh, the door of retirement as well. I would love to see that rematch, though. That'd be a, that'd be a nice, that'd be a good fight. You know what? I would like to see a rematch between uh, Matt Brown or or Carlos Cotted against Robbie Lawler at this point. But looking back at, let's see, Matt Brown's uh, record. So he lost to Miguel Bieza, I mean, in the second round. So it looks like he got, he got knocked out. But, hey, man, Miguel Bieza, that dude is tough. So he beat Ben Saunders in 2019, and he didn't fight for three years after the Diego Sanchez lost. Or after he beat Diego Sanchez, I excuse me. And then, of course, that amazing fight between him and Donald Cerrone. He was, but he was unfortunately knocked out. So his last one, two, three, four, five fights, he's uh, lost three, one, two, and they were all knockouts or TKOs on both sides of the uh, of the win or loss here. But man, I really like this. I love this matchup. God, Carlos Condit and Matt Brown. I'm so glad they're finally getting a chance to fight. Man, he fought Mike Swick in t- 2012. I remember watching that fight. So, if if I were to pick somebody to win this fight, I think I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, oh, that's it's tough. I'm gonna have to go with Carlos Condit. I just think because uh, he's a little more spry, and uh, I think he'll he'll keep he'll keep Matt Brown at, at range. I think he'll keep he'll definitely keep Matt Brown at range the way that he strikes. Uh, I don't see I don't see Matt Brown trying to take it down at all. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight. And then we're going to – let's go ahead and let's move on to the uh, the main event between Max Holloway and, and Calvin Qatar or Cater. Um, I see this fight stylistically great for Max Holloway. Um, I, I've, I mean, I've heard people say that uh, Max Holloway, he's a late starter. Like, he starts slow. I mean, but then again, you got to realize he, he had almost, what, nine title fights? That's nine fights in a row that were uh, – Five round fights. I mean, you got to save something for the gas tank. I mean, you can't just let it all out round one and then be, you know, sucking air round three and then dead round four and five in the championship rounds. But yeah, he he does he does start slow. But the thing is, he's a volume puncher. He still hits you with with you know combinations, and he goes high and low. He mixes it up. I mean. When you go in there and fight Max Holloway, you're going to get touched somewhere. Um, I mean, but let's, you know, I don't want to just uh, talk about Max Holloway, his striking over Calvin's striking. Calvin's striking is great. It's amazing. Um, I mean, he had that, he had that. I think, was it a fight of the night performance with uh, Dan Ige? I'm not sure was it fight of the night or not. But that was his last his last win. It was United position with Dan Ige. And at that, it was a five-round decision. So we, we know Calvin, Calvin Qatar has got the uh, the gas tank to, to go there. Um, I, I do have to note, he did lose in 2019 to arguably one of my favorite fighters in the featherweight division. I'm going to try to say his name. I'm so bad at this. I need to practice. But it's Sabit Magomed Sharipov. So uh, I try to bring him up on the last podcast because of uh, him and uh, Yair Rodriguez. And of course, you know he he's got some notable wins here. You know he's he's beat Ricardo Lamas. He he retired recently. He's beat Jeremy Stevens, uh, in last year. You know he he has beat. Oh, he lost to Renato Marciano. He beat Andre Filé. I mean, 
the dude the dude's got an impressive record he really does and uh he's very very well deserving to fight a, a max holloway i don't even know where he he lands on the ranking system right now but it's definitely a fight that uh that i mean both these guys after this fight they could be fighting for the title against uh against Vol- volkanowski again i mean let's let's face it the the last fight with volkanowski and uh Max Holloway, I I thought Max did enough to win that fight. I really do, but you know, you gotta to beat the champion. You gotta you gotta finish the champion. You can't leave it to the judges. So you know, we got two two losses to Volkanovski from uh, Max Holloway because they got the immediate rematch. So yeah, this fight actually stylistically matches up better for Max Holloway for him versus Calvin versus him and Volkanovski. I mean. Would I like to see a third fight between those two? Yes, but I mean, it's it's almost like not fair to Volkanovski if you're going to make this dude fight Max Holloway three times before, you know, hopefully fighting somebody else in the featherweight division. I mean, you can't just you can't just keep fighting the same dude. It's almost like saying, okay, we're just going to let we're going to we're going to fight until Max Holloway is a champ again because he'll eventually win. I mean, they're they're both the highest level. But, you know, with that being said, going back to the uh, the fight between Max Holloway and Calvin Qatar, I mean, it's going to be, I think it'll be a war, but I think it'll be a one-sided war. I think I think uh, Max Holloway is going to touch up Calvin. Um, he, he's just, he's been there. He, he knows, he's, he's fought everybody. I mean, he's fought Jose Aldo. He beat Brian Ortega, who looked great against the, uh, the Korean Zabi recently. He uh he fought Dustin Poirier. He didn't lose that fight, but it was a damn good fight. He fought Frankie Edgar, Anthony Pettis. He fought Ricardo Lamas, Jeremy Stevens, Charles Oliveira, Cub Swanson, Andre Filet. Dude, he has fought everybody. I mean, once he fought and lost to Conor McGregor, it just he just blew up. He beat everybody. There was nobody touching Max Holloway up until his loss to uh, Dustin Poirier and then Alexander Volkanovski. I mean, he's. He's a young kid, too, and he's fought everybody. So, here we go. We're going to have Max Holloway return against Calvin Guitar on ABC tomorrow. I believe it should be 2 o'clock. Uh, don't quote me, but I'm super excited for that fight. And I really wish I had more content prepared for this podcast because just work's been killing me. But I just I just wanted to, to just kind of freestyle for a little bit on this. I, actually, to be honest, I kind of freestyled a lot of this tonight. Um... There, there is a big fight coming up here uh, shortly, which we all know is going to be the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier rematch. Super excited for that. Um, man, I just, I wonder what how that fight's going to play out. I'm going to have to do some, do some more. I, there's not much more research I can do. I've seen every freaking fight that these guys have had. But I really think Dustin Poirier is a different fighter. And we'll see what... Conor McGregor looks like in this looks like in this fight. But of course, he looked great against Donald Cerrone with that beautiful destruction of what he pulled off. But I don't think he's. I don't think the fight will will end up like the way it did uh, the first time around with him knocking out Dustin Poirier. I mean, even Poirier's already been stating he wants to, to push McGregor, see where you know. Because he's already been there. Dustin Poirier has been in those drag-out wars. I mean, only, the only two wars I can think that uh, Conor McGregor was actually in was against uh, Nate Diaz. 
I wouldn't consider the uh, McGregor fight a war because I, I mean, not the McGregor fight, the McGregor v. Uh, Habib fight a war. I think that was a little more one-sided. I mean, yeah, he tagged Habib a few times, but uh, in no way do I think he's been in the type of drag-out fights that uh, Dustin Poirier has been in. I mean, look, he fought when Dustin Poirier fought Dan Hooker. That was a goddamn war. He, he fought when he fought Justin Gaethje. Another war. When he fought Max Holloway, another war. This dude is built for battle. So, and and that's, you know, after the fact that he was knocked out by Conor McGregor back in the day at featherweight. So, and also maybe the, the weight cut also uh, added to the fact that that's why he was knocked out. And he was cutting so much weight. Justin Poirier is a big dude. He's a big dude for 155. So, man, I'm really excited for that fight. There's a lot coming up. Uh, I think... And oh, also, I brought up on the last podcast about uh, uh, Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. That fight's been rescheduled. I'm so excited for that. So now we have some movement in the heavyweight division. And uh, with that, I think we'll conclude this podcast. I appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate everyone that uh, listened to the last podcast, the very first episode. Uh, I'm going to try to get more content out there for you guys. Uh, So I guess right now that's uh, one podcast a week. I mean, hell, work gets in the way, life gets in the way, trying to get some of the content out and get some of my uh, my thoughts down. And, and I mean, so far, the, basically all this was was a uh, just a breakdown mainly of, you know, the fights that are occurring uh, each week. I want to get more into other, other things. You know, I want to review some old, real classic fights. Uh, I'm going to try to get some, some more content out there. So with that, I would, uh, once again, I must say thank you all for, for listening and, giving uh giving this podcast a shot if you guys uh have anything you want me to talk about man just let me know and with that just want to let you know that uh jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself